This is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker is brought to you with compliments of Discam Baby City. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Yes, this is Bump and Beyond with me, Yolandi Becker, brought to you by Discam Baby City. And as always, we are talking parenting and different things parenting. And today specifically, we're talking about starting, I guess, the parenting journey and your options um, that are available when birthing. I had the wonderful privilege to be able to vaginally give birth to both my children. Um, it was a wonderful experience. And I mean, I do have really fond memories about it. And I do feel like I researched a lot. I I was very adamant as well, even though I gave birth in a hospital and the private hospital was quite known for, especially the gynecologist as well, known for cesarean births. I was quite adamant that I wanted to give birth vaginally. Um, and I did it and it was really great. And again, looking back again now, it's nine to and 12 years ago. So it's quite some time ago. And once I entered the baby space and working in the baby area, I realized and learned a lot more about the options that are available. And I can assure you and promise you the choices that I would make if I had those choices back then would have been a lot different. The way I would have chosen to give birth to my children, for example, I probably would have opted for at least a water birth, <laughs> which is something that lots of people frown upon if you mention it, but with a midwife and something like that, which is not something that I thought of during that. But I made the best decision with the information I had at hand um, nine and 12 years ago. And again, I'm not, I don't necessarily regret those choices, but as I always mention, Choice is privilege, and that's what I want to give you. I want to give you some more privilege in this situation, and hence why I have brought in the expert as always. <laughs> and today I'm speaking to Corin Volmot. She is a registered nurse and midwife and the founder of the Due Date Club, which we'll talk about a little bit more. Um, the reality is in South Africa, the cesarean section rate is around 26.2% in the public sector. And almost three times that, 76.8% in the private sector. This is significantly higher than the 21% worldwide. <laughs> um, so, um, and 25% in Europe. So it is, I mean, in all essence, also the World Health Organization also shared some um, in, um information and research to say that there is globally a rise in the amount of cesarean um, childbirths that happen and they're concerned about it. Um, but again, I'm not here to make you choose. I'm here to give you options. So hello, Corin. Thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting me. It's really lovely to be on the show. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, I think, I mean, even after you contacted me and after having a look at your website, I, I again realized that it's sometimes you think you're making a choice um, when you go to your gynecologist or whatever, and you think you're actually, oh, I'm choosing now to have a vaginal birth or I'm choosing to have a, um, a what do you call it, a cesarean birth with the options I have available, but there's a lot more options um, 
available. Is it possible for us to choose how we can give birth? Is there really a choice? So, uh, <laughs> that's tricky because birth is in its essence unpredictable. But I think, you know, just given what you shared about your own birth experience and how you didn't have as many choices and that was only nine and 12 years ago. And if I take it back another nine or 12 years, there was never a woman were never really given the choice as in, would you like a vaginal birth or cesarean? It was just a given. It was accepted that we would have a vaginal birth, but we knew that cesarean was available when vaginal birth wasn't working as it should. And that, that, so it was an option, but it wasn't the choice and it wasn't promoted the way that it is now. Whereas these days it's not uncommon for at your first or second or third visit for the doctor to say, how would you like to have your baby and give you that choice? Um, and not necessarily give you information on both. So what happens, um, especially because of the amount of misinformation around, is that choices are made a lot on fear. And fear isn't a good, ever a good place to make a choice or especially when it comes to something as important as childbirth. You know, I mean, yeah. very often that fear is rooted in misinformation, cultural beliefs, rather than a true understanding of the risks and benefits yeah. of the different birth options that are and, available. And I mean, that's in some ways I was um, tongue in cheek, maybe like punning the word choice, because that's sometimes for me what it feels like that you are given a choice by your doctor, but in the end, you know, they are, like you say, kind of making you fear a certain way. And then in the end, you're not really making a choice. But also, again, like I said earlier, um, nine and 12 years ago, it wasn't that those options were not available. It's just that I didn't know about them. And now, again, it's – and that's what I feel is sometimes because lots of these different birthing options are available for us in South Africa, especially if you – um, have money to spend to, or, or, to be honest as well. Um, and that is, um, yeah, I think again, choice is privilege. Uh, but I also love how you said that uh, birthing is unpredictable. I think that also sets you up for good for parenting, <laughs> the unpredictableness of parenting. <laughs> um, what, uh, when you are now, let's maybe first talk about what are the different options available for us well essentially it is you know to have a, a vaginal birth or yes. to have a surgical birth those are the two main options within those options obviously there's a lot of spin-offs because a vaginal birth could be going into labor spontaneously or it could be having an induced labor and a cesarean could be an, an elective cesarean so it's planned ahead of time or it could be an emergency cesarean so it does cut, there are quite a few options, but I think when you are pregnant and you are considering your options, the two that you should be focused on is the vaginal birth or surgical birth. And, um, not necessarily believing that your care provider, whoever you've chosen, and even that's a choice, you know, the choice mm. of care provider will have a lot to do with the way that you ultimately give birth. And not to put everything, you know, not believing that your care provider will take care of everything. And that they, that you do not need to be actively involved in the process because by not being actively involved and exploring all of the options and choices and things that can 
occur during labor and birth, can that's very often the root of that feeling of dissatisfaction or disempowerment yeah. or disappointment in the overall birth experience. And I just meet way too many women afterwards who say, I wish I'd known or I thought that um, and I will do it differently next time. And the reason I do what I do is because I want them to do it differently the first time, not the second time. Yes, I can't wait to get more into this topic. Thank you so much, Corin. <laughs> this is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker is brought to you with compliments of Discam Baby City. If you've just joined me, you are on 101.9 High FM and this is Bump and Beyond. And as always, we are talking parenting and I am specifically talking to Corin Vermont today, and she is a registered nurse and midwife and the founder of the Due Date Club. And we are talking about your birthing options, that, that unpredictable start to the unpredictable parenting journey. <laughs> and before uh, we went to an ad break, Corin, you were mentioning the different options that are avail available um, when you're choosing birth, uh, either it can be, like you said, uh, surgically with, via cesarean, which also has different options available, but also vaginally, which also then has um, different options available within that. Could you maybe elaborate a little bit on those different options that are available vaginally? Well, I think when it comes to, you know, so many of the women that I meet say they want to have a vaginal birth and that's what they're planning for. But they're okay if the doctor thinks they need a cesarean or if things don't go as planned. No. And I think it's important to accept that things will never go as planned, actually, <laughs> <laughs> because birth is so unpredictable. And that's what makes it so scary, actually. And for me, when um, the woman that I'm working with and in the due date club, when we're talking about preparing for a vaginal birth, part of that is preparing for a surgical birth and understanding when a surgical birth might be necessary. Mm. So understanding when what are the indications when does when when do you when 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 do things go differently to what you planned that means you have to take another path and what can you do to prevent that from happening and there's a there's a lot that you can do and so much of that is about being informed being prepared and then putting all your focus once you understand all of those things then all your focus goes on preparing yourself mentally physically and emotionally for a vaginal birth Yes. And um, understanding all of the things that can happen. How does labor start? What does it feel like? How long will it possibly take? If it's taking longer than that, what else can I do? How can I manage the sensations? What options are available to me? What are medical options available? What are non-medical options available? What are my beliefs? Do I want to have pain medication? Do I want to avoid pain medication? And... Um, those are all the things that are going to drive your preparation. Ah, I love that. And I mean, again, um, for me, it's a privileged position when you have these different options and choices available. And sometimes, unfortunately, these choices, like you say, do get a little bit derailed. For me, for instance... I mean, <laughs> like you mentioned as well, it's like it is very unpredictable and you can't plan it as such. And it is, that's for me also was one of the scariest parts um, and which made the second birth of my daughter a lot nicer for me, to be honest, because I did have a little bit more of a frame of reference 
of what to expect. Um, you know, and from the small things of like going to the hospital, um, checking in, what you should look out for. I mean, with my son, um, I remember, I think I ended up in the hospital twice before the actual birthing part with Braxton Hicks, where I thought I was going to give birth, but it was just not time. And those type of things that happened, which definitely didn't happen with my daughter, because again, then I knew these type of things could happen. And I kind of, you know, just waited very casually. I also knew that um, babies don't just fall out of your vagina. It takes a while. <laughs> then again, I've heard some stories <laughs> about that. How quickly some babies can come, but that's a discussion maybe for another day. Let's not scare too many people. But what um should you consider? What are some of the things you should consider when you are you know, wanting to choose when you're at this point where you're thinking, what should I be choosing? What should you be considering? Well, I think the first thing you need to do is examine your beliefs and expectations around birth. And especially now where there is so much misinformation. So many of the women that I speak to, their belief is that birth is dangerous. Um, it's uh, painful um, and risky. Mm. Um so, you know, if that's the, if that's your starting belief, then we need to look at what has caused that. Is it from movies you've been watching? Is it from books you've been reading? Is it from people that you've been speaking to? Um, let's examine those, identify what those fears are, and then we can work with those fears. Once we've worked with the fears, because you've got nine months to prepare for this. It doesn't just happen. It's not going to happen mm. tomorrow. You've got a lot of time. So once we've uncovered the fears, then we can start looking at, okay, now that we've looked at that, now we can look at what actually happens and we know that the baby's got to come out. Mm. How important is the birth experience for you and for your baby? And how much do you think the birth experience impacts both your health and your baby's health? And then your choices will also be guided by that because many women think that it isn't important. It doesn't make any difference. Um, that it is okay just to go in and schedule it like an operation, that the baby doesn't have mm. any part in that and and others understand that actually the birth experience is an incredibly important part of both your health and your baby's health because it's the it's the imprint it's what your baby's coming into the world with and we want the baby to come into a loving caring open environment not into an environment of fear and bright lights and emergency and bells and rings and even your own state you know Baby's picking up on your own state of fear. So if you're filled with fear and cortisol and stress hormones, that's being passed to your baby and your baby's born with that. Mm. So the birth experience is incredibly important for both you and your baby. I mean, it really, I mean, you also don't, and I mean, sometimes again, it's not your choice that you, you might have had this idea and it didn't work out. But I mean, it is really something that you, in your lifetime, I can tell you, that image and that memories are so entrenched in my brain. I will never forget it. I can't imagine that I would ever forget that experience of giving birth to my son. Um, with him, I can remember when he, it was a struggle. Oh, it was such a struggle. Um, also because I wasn't prepared properly and I was pushing in my head and not pushing in my vagina and it took forever to get him out. And eventually he did come out and he was crying so much when he came out, which is obviously a good thing. And then they gave him to me immediately, obviously. And then they put him on my chest. And I just remember that he opened up his eyes and he stopped crying. And I mean, I actually, 
feel like crying just thinking about it because it was such a beautiful experience um, uh, with that. Again, with Emmy, I was a lot more prepared. And to be honest, I actually pulled her out the last push. I pulled her out um, on by myself. And for me, those type of things are the the memories that I have. And that's why it kind of, it's like you say, it is a catalyst for many things, including yourself um, as a mom on your journey. And obviously, we're not even talking about the the health benefits, the gut health benefits of um, birth and getting the right things there. But yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, for me, I, I love that we're giving people options. Um, but on that note, um, how important is it to prepare for birth beforehand? It's vital. It is absolutely vital to prepare. But you said yourself, you know, in, in hindsight, you weren't that prepared. Yeah. And I think that so often moms think, that especially if they are sort of okay with having a cesarean or if they've chosen a doctor who they think is very supportive of their birth choices, that they just let go and go with the flow as opposed to preparing. They put their hands into the, into the, well, put their, their health into the hands of their care provider who isn't necessarily invested in that, what you've just spoken about, that moment of birth, that memory, the one that will be with you forever. And the one that has such a big impact on your mothering experience, because we know that mothers who have a positive birth experience. So when I talk about positive, I'm not saying vaginal or cesarean. I'm saying a positive experience Mm -hmm. where you felt that you were very much part of every decision that was made and you knew what was happening are more likely to breastfeed successfully. They have lower rates of postpartum depression and they're more satisfied with the overall birth experience and the experience of motherhood because they have a sense of confidence in their ability. They haven't had that taken away. So if we take away that confidence in your body to do what we know how to do from the moment of birth, then you don't have confidence in your ability to nurture your baby. You don't have confidence in your ability to make decisions because, as you know, the first few weeks you're making decisions literally on an hourly basis. Should I feed? Should I change? Should I put the baby down? Should I pick the baby up? Should I do this? Should I do that? So those are all maternal decisions and giving birth is the first maternal decision that you make. And it's vital that you are empowered to make it and that you are part of the decision because your gynae is not coming home with you when you are making those decisions on an hourly basis. Your pediatrician is not there making you are making them. And it's a very lonely place. I mean, that, I mean, that's for sure. And I mean, for me, you just talking about it. Firstly, the passion is coming through absolutely for what you do. Um, and secondly, it just is such an important reminder for moms as well, um, to know these things and to feel empowered through. And that, that's why I think people like you are so important, so vital to introduce to people so that they know that there are like options available. Because again, if you've just joined me, you are on Bump and Beyond with me, Yulandi Becker, and we are talking about birthing options. I'm talking to Karen Volmont, and we are um, like talking about the different options that are available to you when choosing, hopefully you have a choice um, to birth. Of course, as always, I do want you to add to the conversation. So if you can send us a telegram, that would be great. You can follow the telegram link through our website, of course, highfm.com. But you can also telegram us on 061 
895-1019. And let us know, um, have you made a choice yet for your birthing? Did you already give birth to your child? How did it go? Was it a positive experience like Corin was mentioning? Um, did you feel empowered through the process? Um, you can also SMS us on 34519. SMSs are charged at 1 Rand 50. Um, as you were saying, Karen, I mean, like I said, I can hear the passion about what you're talking. And I love the fact that we are creating these options for parents and reminding them how important this. And I mean, to be honest, there's a lot of choices even already during pregnancy that you make that is impacting everything that's going to happen. And some of the choices you will still change your mind and some of them unfortunately will be changed for you because again, it is very unpredictable, the birthing um, journey. But I mean, in some ways I feel like that was something that was also a little bit lacking for me is that I, in, I actually, and I mean, I, I think I was wrong in my thinking is that initially first with my son, uh, I did do some research on vaginal birth and whatever and how to do it or something. But I mean, stupid thing, like if you give birth vaginally, you usually are, you're only in the hospital for two days. Whereas when you have a cesarean, you're in the, um, in the hospital for three days generally. Obviously, if there's complications, this time can be um, extended. Um, but that's kind of generally, and that's just one thing that I didn't know. So I kind of put my, your options. I thought that someone will tell me. <laughs> I incorrectly thought that my gynecologist will prepare me and tell me what's going to happen during the process when I push out my baby. And no one told me. Even while it was happening, I didn't feel like I knew what I was doing or how I should be doing it. And then with Amy, I knew this was the case. So I made sure I knew how to do it before I walked into that room to give birth. And that's also, uh, again, I don't know if that's the norm, if that's just what happens, but that was kind of my experience. So again, that's why I think what you're doing and all these type of talks is so important so that moms know it is not necessarily the responsibility of their gynecologist. They need to take responsibility themselves. (laughs) I couldn't, I couldn't say that more because honestly, it is absolutely not the responsibility of the gynae to educate you about your body and your ability to birth and how it will happen. Um, And to expect that that will happen is your, is, is a one way street to feeling disempowered really yeah. And because what actually happens, especially with our high rates of cesarean sections in the country at the moment, is we're talking about choice, but we also need to be talking about informed choice. Yeah. And unfortunately, because the Ghanis are very supportive and are more pro cesarean regardless of what they say, because it's, um, it's financial and it's le- medical legal. There's so many reasons behind yeah. it. Insurance, blah, blah, blah. all of that. So, it's even driven by the hospital groups. Mm. So we know that. And all they need to do is, is say, plant seeds of doubt. And you plant a seed of doubt in a pregnant woman's mind, she will feed it. It doesn't no. need to be fed by anybody else. You'll feed it yourself. And um, that is the problem with not taking responsibility 
and being a proactive participant in your pregnancy and birth journey. It's being a proactive participant. Let me learn everything I possibly can, explore all my choices and be informed because you will not be informed. The, the, the choices that you'll be offered in hospital will not be informed choices. They yes. won't give you the pro. Everything has pros and cons. It's not like one is better than the other. Yes. There oh, and are I mean, pros and cons to both. What are some of the pros and cons of both? So, I mean, it, the one that you've already mentioned is the recovery time. We know that generally the recovery time after vaginal birth is much shorter than the recovery after. I do think it's a little bit grosser, though. <laughs> um, not necessarily, because it depends how the vaginal birth was. And I also have to say that I have no frame of reference, so I'm comparing it to nothing because I have nothing to compare it to. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's, it, the, the thing with the cesarean is it's major abdominal surgery. So, mm. listen, moms bounce back incredibly well, there's no doubt, because their focus is on their baby. But the reality is their body takes six weeks at least to to heal because you're yeah. healing from surgery. Um, whereas vaginal birth that goes well, you're up and about and, and feeling good. And certainly your body still takes six months to come back and everything. But there's no healing from a surgical incision, which goes through several layers in your abdomen. No. Um, so one is the healing and the recovery. Um, with a vaginal birth, there's increased risk of vaginal tearing, which does happen sometimes. Okay. And, um, we talk about long-term pelvic floor damage, but we have to remember that pelvic floor damage happens as a result of pregnancy as well as of birth. So you can still have pelvic floor damage and incontinence after having a pregnancy and cesarean because it's the hormones of pregnancy that impact our pelvic floor. Oh, it's also Where with your boobs. People think always it's breastfeeding that messes up your bro- boobs. It's actually pregnancy that messes it up. <laughs> so whether or not your breastfeed is not going to have an impact on your breasts, unfortunately. It's just being exactly. pregnant that has an impact. <laughs> and in terms of the baby, the risk of breathing difficulties, low APGAR scores, and any injury during or after birth, it's the same in vaginal and cesarean. Um, you know, the, no. those risks are the same regardless but the the other thing with the cesarean is that it may increase increase risk of complications in future pregnancies mm. and one of the things that we are very definitely seeing now with those moms that i mentioned uh, talked about earlier yes great thank you so much Karen. we'll get more into this just now we're moving so quickly out of time i hate it <laughs> okay this is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker is brought to you with compliments of Discam Baby City. If you've just joined me, you are on Bump and Beyond on 101.9 High FM. And as always, we're talking parenting. I have been speaking to Corin um, Beaumont, who's a midwife and registered nurse and the founder of the Due Date Club about birthing options and preparing for your birth. If you've missed this, as always, it will be available as a podcast on highfm.com. Um, uh, I'm like a tongue twisting here at the end. Karen, before you go, it was really lovely having you on the show. Please just let people know where can they find you. <laughs> they can find me online. It's the dodateclub.co.za. And essentially what I've done is I've taken all the resources that I've been creating over the last 20 years, put them together into a program that really supports them from the moment of conception, first trimester, 
all the way through to the time that their baby is three months old. And it includes an, a, an online community WhatsApp group where I'm available to answer questions and them to find the right information at the right time. Great. Thank you so much, Corinne. It was really great having you. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me.